Get this donkey pern. I don't even know what that means. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This week, we are covering the first week of February 2020. Uh, Asinine Radio. This is Asinine Radio. This is one of the, this is the best music podcast in the world because this episode, we're getting into our Fearless Beer Review. Then we're going to get into our Songs of the Week. And then we're going to round out this episode with some new music and other happenings in the music world. But then stay tuned because our main episode, our meat and potatoes episode, we're going to be covering the Mars Volta album, The Bedlam in Goliath. So stay tuned for that. (laughs) You all know what to do. We have all the social media. It's all at Asinine Radio. And then just go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. And uh, just get into that. So... Without further ado, my name is Tyler, and on the other end is friend of mine, Jeff, and we, I don't friend of the pod, Sloan. You always introduce us as if people fucking care what our names are. I care, but friend of the pod, Sloan, is also listening in. He doesn't have a mic, but he is listening, and he's having a few uh, adult bevies. He's drinking a a tall can. I think it's like a 25-ounce Smirnoff iced in a, in a glass oh, bottle. Sloan, Triple black, baby. What? Why? He got why, iced. Why? Why? Because I, I hit it under his pillow. <laughs> Did you ice him? He got iced. Did you really? No, <laughs> I told him about okay. it. Okay. Gonna ice him. <laughs> one day. One day. Honestly, he wouldn't even care if he did. He would drink it, unless it was a work day. Not. That's true. All right, let's just get into our fearless beer review. What do we got, Jeff? What do you got? I'm opening my cooler as we speak. Okay. Well, since you're not ready, and okay. I am. I mean, I'm ready right now. It's in my hand, but that's fine. Okay, yeah, no, go. Go for it then. Okay, so I have, uh, it's a golden ale. It's from Urban South Brewery, and it's called Who Dat? Who Dat Golden Ale. All right, where'd you find this one at? I got this from that uh, beer subscription tavern. Okay. And this interested me solely because it's a New Orleans-based brewery, and the Who Dat is... A Saints chant, the New Orleans Saints football team. And the more I kind of read into like this whole beer and this brewery, the more I kind of liked everything about it. And New Orleans is, is probably like top two favorite cities I've ever been to. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that kind of crazy. Boss. Eh, I don't know about that. I mean, I've never been, been there. I know. I know. I'm telling you, how many, you, that how many place times have boss. you been there? I've only been there once. Twice? That's all I needed. Oh. I think you were there twice. Been there once. Whatever. My favorite city it was it's still going to be Interlochen, and then oh. it's New Orleans. But a close third is Guadalajara, Mexico. Yeah, but you damn, had a lot dude, of memories there. It was fun. But check this out. So this beer is five point zero four percent, which is also <laughs> the area specific. code 
for New Orleans. Ah, uh, isn't okay. that cool? Tell me that's cool. I guess, but it sounds no, like just they're just kind cool. of bullshitting. Because how can they get that specific? Five point zero four. It's science, bro. I don't argue with science. Bill Nye and stuff like that. Neil deGrasse Tyson. That's science. Bill Nye is not a scientist. Yes, he's knucklehead. a scientist. That's no, why he's his not a Bill scientist. Nye the scientist guy. That's what they call him. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a knucklehead. <laughs> All um, right. Yeah, that's. I, I got a bunch of facts. What, 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 but what are you drinking as I pour this into my glass? Okay, what I have today, I bought this solely for the label. Uh, this this beer is called Sparkle Muffin. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a northeast style hazy IPA from a brewery called Revision Revision Brewing Company. Uh, they are based in. Let me look at my notes really quick because oh they kind of had like a. What? You don't even know what the fucking is. Well, no, I, like I said, I bought it for the for the label because it has like this white fluffy cat on it, painted on it, and it's jumping through space. And uh, it's an adorable looking cat. I like it. So that that's really why I bought it. And then I realized, and then I brought it up to the counter, and he's like, "Oh, this is eighteen ninety nine. Oh, damn! But it's for a four pack of sixteen ounces. Oh. So I almost didn't buy it. But then I'm like, you know what? I like the label enough, and I like hazies. I'm a haze bro. So haze bro. Just get into it, you know. But Revision Brewery, uh, I was looking it up, and they're they're actually really popular. But they're new; they've only been around since 2017, and they're from Sparks, Nevada. Uh, but I guess the the brewmaster and CEO of the brewery actually created another popular brewery called Knee Deep Brewing back in 2009. But he left that brewery to start his own by himself, so he wouldn't have he wouldn't have to have any creative differences with other brewmasters or whatever. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, I guess this brewery is really well known for their IPAs, and they've already won a bunch of awards, and people really like it. So that's cool. Yeah, and it's seven percent. Uh, IBU's a thirty, and like I said, a sixteen ounce can. Label's really cool. You should look it up. Just saying, Jeff. You should look it up. Well, you're gonna check it in, right? I am gonna check it in, but you still should look. It up. Okay. Let's let's taste this. Let's taste this. My my head's okay, well, going oh, down. Wait, wait, hold on. I gotta I gotta I gotta. I gotta oh my god! I didn't pour it yet. My IBUs are ten on on my beer. Ooh, yeah, that is not a bitter beer. No, not a bitter beer. Not a bitter beer. Three point five seven out of five on Untapped, and there wasn't enough ratings on Beer Advocate to give it a a, a score. This brewery's only been out since two thousand sixteen, so just a year before yours. Yeah. Okay. You ready for this one? I am. Cheers. Okay. I do not like this type of beer, so there it is. <laughs> <laughs> what don't you like about it? I know what you're saying. It tastes like it's just too much. Um, you know what? So like much, this, um, this beer, from what I was reading, it's brewed with pilsner and flaked barley, and it's ooh. fermented with a hybrid yeast, and I guess that allows the beer, the beer to ferment as an ale, but then condition as a lager. What? Yeah, I don't, I'm not too sure how really that confusing. works out, but I don't know, man. This tastes like this tastes very yeasty, but it doesn't have any kind of skunkiness like a lager would have. But just, it's just yeasty, it, like a like a Bavarian like a, half or something. Yeah, like a Ho Garden, like a. Oh, okay. But it just it tastes it smells like stale. <laughs> but I just generally I don't really like anything except for stouts and Bud Light Limes anymore. So that's it's tough for me to to even get behind something you were like just, this. You're the worst. But you gave it a three out of five. 
No, that was untapped. Gave it a three point five out of five. Oh, so oh, you haven't checked it in yet. You were checking in something else. But I do, oh, I do like, okay. I do smell and I do taste like flavors of like lemon. I, I feel like maybe other citrus. It says mm. that it's it's supposed to have like grape fla- fragrances to it. I don't really smell grapes. I don't Any even know grapes? what the fuck a grape smells like anyway, except for grape juice. <laughs> I don't even ever smell the grape in like my life. What the fuck? <laughs> but I, de- I definitely smell like lemon. It's not like bad, and it's uh. drinkable. And if I was in Nowlands. I would I would definitely pick one of these up, and I like the can a lot. <laughs> but uh, it's brewed with Citra and and Hallertau Blanc hops. Yeah, the for my beer, it doesn't really say exactly what it exactly it's brewed with, but it does say on the can, this fruit forward single IPA features deep flavors of citrus from the hops, yet it is yet is easy drinking. Don't wait until later. Enjoy right meow. So they think they're clever. Yeah, that was but, pretty. That's pretty yeah, that was that wasn't very good. Never heard I didn't that before. Like it. Uh, I did find I, there weren't really any good reviews. They're just kind of boring. But this guy thought he was clever um, because this is a, a, a new Northeast uh, style. This is what he put. This is Raul Mondesi from October eleventh, twenty eighteen. He said, "It's pretty wild, if I might say. Imagine living in California, yet your senses are transported to New England, whatever." Like here Raul is, in the house of Tupac and Snoop Dogg. But when he drinks this son of a gun, he's thinking Tom Brady. How wild is that? So yeah, like a Bill Belichick t- long, long bomb, Raul says, hut, hut, hike, and he's going for two. So he, he really likes to talk about himself in third person, this Raul. But he's kind of a weirdo. I don't like this guy. But he gave it a four out of five on, uh, on Beer Advocate. What was the guy's name? Raul Mondesi. You know, there's a like a really famous baseball player named Raul Mondesi. Oh, really? I doubt that it's the same guy, but oh, yeah. Can you imagine it, that'd be so funny? <laughs> he was he was a Dominican player. I mean, he's probably in his like fifties by now, but yeah, he. I mean, dude, he was a big player in the two thousands. He oh. like I think he played for the Dodgers for like almost ten years in the nineties, and he had one year that he played for the Angels. Hmm. Two years after they won, became that'd the be pretty fucking funny Angels. if it was. But yeah, he also has a son that plays for the fuck. I can't think of it right now. Some middle or Midwest team that nobody cares about, probably. But yeah, Raul Mondesi, baseball player. Check it out. So I'm I'm looking at his um his profile on Beer Advocate, and it says okay, so it says gender male, location California. It says about Raul, and it's just a, a painting picture of a baseball player wearing a Dodgers uniform. That would so be Raul Mondesi be Senior. Yeah. Let me see. Here. Just gonna look it up real quick. Yeah, so he played for the Dodgers from ninety three to ninety nine. And then until two thousand five he played for like six teams, including the Angels. But yeah, he was an all star, rookie of the year, two time gold glove winner. Dang. Raul Mondesi, baby. I think this is actually him. That would <laughs> be no way, his, dude. Here, well, he look, I'll send I'll he send you son, Raul Mondesi Jr. So he plays for the Kansas City Royals. Here, I, I just sent you the link for it to his profile. When did he have his kid? Because I, I think you're right. This might be a son, but then his son would only be 14. No, his his son is. I mean, he he plays for the Kansas City Royals. He's oh a, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you just he's a world that, champion. Right. No, this there's no way this is actually Raul Mondesi. He's at the very. You think it's just like somebody trying to be funny? I mean, that's a very very like niche specific player to kind of. 
I don't want to say like idolize, but make a fake profile for. But like, it, it, right? So constantly, this this profile refers to Raoul in the third person. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but it's still like, why? Of all the players, why him? You know, to yeah, I mean, to kind of like make a joke about. I mean, that's a really popular like Dominican repl- or Dominican player. Mm. So, I don't know, man. But uh, there you go, a little, 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 little baseball history for you. Yeah, there you go. Um, so what do we? So we have our we have our own rating system here on Asinine Radio for our fearless beer review. If you don't already know, already know, a three is a perfect beer. A two is a good beer. You're going to continue to drink. One is a bad beer, but it's good to try once. And zero is toxic waste. Um, so what are you going to rate your beer, Jeff? Out of our three point rating system, hmm. I'm probably going to give my beer a two. A two? Yeah. And that's I mean, that's gonna be leaning heavy into the fact that it's it's steeped in New Orleans and the Saints culture and lore. All right. I'm surprised you gave it that high. I mean, after all the bitching you did. Well dude, if I was at a bar and this was called like I don't know, Daddy's Golden Ale and I tried it, <laughs> I'd be giving it a one every day of the week. Every day of the yeah. week. But okay. because these guys over here at Urban South Brewing, they do a lot of things that kind of go hand in hand with, with New Orleans Saints. I don't know fucking what the right word is, but they, they they make a lot of beers that kind of reference the Saints' woes in their seasons, especially mm-hmm. in the past like four, three or four years when the Saints have been robbed debatably for certain titles and things like that. They've, they've released beers that kind of reference those those woes so they are steeped in like Nowlands culture and the whole who dat thing I actually dove into to where that slogan kind of originated to if you want to hear for that you want to hear a little history lesson sure. on that one too Go it. Go for it. so I don't know if you're aware but like a lot of the Saints fans they say who dat a lot I have no idea so well they do like who and then D-A-T dat who dat and they call it the who dat nation that's all the Saints fans they're the, the who dat nation and so it's like where is that where does that come from why do we say that and so I looked into it and one of the things from Sports Illustrated was saying that a couple of announcers from the Saints in like the 80s had went to a high school football game of St. Augustine. And before the football team started, they would they would chant. And part of their chant was saying, who dat? But the whole chant is like, who dat? Who dat? Who dat say they going to beat them? And then you would say like St. Augustine or St. Aug. But then the announcers said, oh, that's fucking cool, dude. So they brought it back to the Superdome, the Thunderdome, and they just replaced it with Saints. And that's kind of how it got footing. And then Drew Brees, you know, quarterback for the Saints, he even more popularized it in like the early 2000s. And uh, it's, just been, it's just been a thing ever since. But then I even saw further back, if you go to like, like the old swing and jazz roots, kind of on the, like the, the Bourbon Street and the... I don't know, like that district in New Orleans mm-hmm. where, you, where you kind of attribute to all that music coming from there. And it's kind of like a call and answer thing, right? In jazz music, you're like, who dat? And then the trumpet will play. And then who dat? And the, the drums will have its solo, whatever it is. Yeah. That's so kind of cool, man. That is kind of cool. But yeah, man, you go to New Orleans, dude, like every fucking person is always just like, who dat? And there's banners everywhere. Who dat? People got shirts. Who dat? <laughs> that must get so fucking annoying. No, dude, it's not. It's great. I'll tell you, man, there's... Out of all the cities like I visited in the United States, New Orleans has been like they've been the nicest fucking people. Even like the homeless people, they didn't even like beg for change. They just ask you like, "What's what's up?" 
Like, what's going on in your life? Like, one homeless guy <laughs> came up to us and like, hey, do you guys new here? Like, do you want me to show you the, like, go around? Like, you know, she, like, you should go down that street and, like, check out that bar. And suppose that we stayed in, like, the worst fucking area in New Orleans, too. We walked to all the bars, of course, rather than Ubering. Nothing. Everything was fine. Yeah, there you Everybody's go. super nice. You go fucking, Did he like, try to Los ask for Angeles. money after he, he gave you uh, advice? No. He was just like, yeah, have a good night. <laughs> I need to get there someday. Everyone's respectful. Everyone's nice. I mean, if you get on Bourbon Street, that's that's one thing. That's there's fucking no rules on Bourbon Street. That's what it seems like. But definitely. Fuck that place. I hate Bourbon Street. <laughs> so you got who dat Golden Ale Urban there South Brewery. Check them out. Jeff gives it a two out of three, only because of its ties with the Saints. <laughs> dumb. Dumb. Jeff's dumb. It's dumb. Jeff is so dumb. All he does is dumb things. He's dumb. Um. My my beer, Sparkle Muffin. Uh, love the name, love the label. Uh, this is a great beer. It's uh, it's it's fruity in all the right places. That sounds really weird. Uh, it's not super hoppy, but it has a nice full taste. I'm gonna have to give this one two point seven, maybe a two point eight. No, two point seven out of three for me. It's solid. I drink it again, but I mean I can drink more because I have more of it. But yeah, solid stuff, man. Solid, solid stuff. What'd you say? It's fruity, fruity in all the right places. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, reminded, it reminded me of that Megan Trainer song, which I think it's called the All About That Bass, when she's kind of like, I think she says something along the lines of, she has oh, all I know the what right you're curves talking. in all the right places. All the right places, yeah. <laughs> that reminded me of that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I just, I me- after I said it, I immediately thought, wow, that sounded really kind of weird and. Just stupid. Uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it was really stupid. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. Stupid. So that's it. Sparkle Muffin got a 2.7 out of 3. And Jeff's Who Dat? Who Dat? 2 out of 3. So let's uh, let's move on. Let's just get into our songs of the week. Jeff brought two to the table. Uh, I brought one. But let's start with Jeff's first one. Uh, because it's related to something he did this week. So just take it away. Both of my picks actually kind of coincide with each other they, they get they kind of go hand in hand there's no way you'll ever guess the reference but so this, this week not. this week marked the first time in my entire life that i've ever been to a trance show over in downtown phoenix there's a place called the van buren which actually may be my new favorite venue to be honest what is it again it's called the van buren that's the name of the venue yeah so Armin Van Buren played at Van Buren? Yes. <laughs> Fucking weird. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is kind of funny, and, and he didn't make a couple of jokes about it. Like the perfect amount of jokes. I think there was like two, and they were subtle. And it, wasn't, it wasn't overplayed. It was good. It was good. But yeah. so like, he even had a mic. He yeah, doesn't say anything. He just... when he wasn't using it. Now that I think about it. I guess he just put it on the table. In his butt. That. <laughs> no, he didn't sit down. He stood up the whole time. But yeah, the Van Buren, <laughs> this is a really cool venue. And the day we left, or the night after, I realized that Dashboard was playing at the same venue and I really wanted to go, but I'd fucking hate downtown Phoenix. Downtown Phoenix is like any other downtown city, a shithole. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, this is my first time ever at a trans show, and I will say it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I went into this thinking that this is going to be the worst thing in my life, and I only did it because I always shit talk Sloan and his trans music, and I <laughs> so you know, maybe I should go see what he sees. Try and figure out why he likes this garbage music. And so there <laughs> I was listening to for two and a half hours. 
Like, did so, you only did you only watch Armin or did you watch other artists? I well, so I told him I, I'm only gonna go if we leave at like eight thirty, because that'll give enough time mm-hmm. for the the opening to kind of get out the fuck out of there. So we got there at like the last maybe ten minutes of the previous DJ, and then the okay. the changing, and then we just saw Armin. But the venue's cool because they have an outside patio that's still enclosed, but they have a full bar outside, drink or uh, beer, liquor, everything, and they sell food outside with heaters, tables. So if you hate the music inside, you can still hang out outside, smoke, eat, drink, do whatever you want. So it's a really cool venue. So that's that is pretty cool. Like even though Armin just stood there the whole time and did nothing, and he said maybe like four sentences the entire time. <laughs> I will say that his production value was just unbelievable. Like he put on a good light show. The sound mm-hmm. was great. And he had these lasers, dude, that I don't know if it was because it was drinking, but he threw these lasers up at certain parts when the when when the beat dropped. I was blown <laughs> away, man. I remember looking really? up. I remember looking up at the ceiling and just seeing these like crisscross lasers everywhere. And I was like, whoa, this is fucking dope. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like fucking you on ecstasy you're like or on something. acid or something. I know. That's, that's, Fuck, oh, man. man, your bed would explode. That's great, though. That's cool. That you had a good time because you—that's all you've done is shit talk. Uh, I did have a good time, and it's like the more I read about Armin, the more I kind of liked him as a as a musician and as a person. Even though I still don't like that music, even after going yeah. to the show, like, dude, every fucking song sounded the same. I did recognize one song, but that's only because it had a, like a chorus to it, kind of. And that's a song okay. that I picked for my weekly pick. But okay, yeah, the, what you chose, I didn't, I didn't expect. You didn't hate it, right? It. No, I didn't hate it. No, yeah. not at all. It wasn't bad. Just not what I expected from because I've listened to Armin Van, Van Buren before, and I just, I wasn't, it wasn't for me. I just couldn't get into it. But this is more of like a a traditional like pop song, pop electro song. That's like the or thing that bothers me too is is that people always say how much they love Armin, but if I played them like a thirty second clip of any fucking random Armin song, there's just no way they're gonna be able to pinpoint it. Yeah. Unlike if you were to do like a thirty second clip of like a Led Zeppelin song or a Green Day song or corn or, or, corn something. or something, you could say, "Oh, okay, that's this song." If you hear the fuck song, that could be any one of those hundred songs. And that's another thing that I saw about Arm is that he's only has he's only released like seven albums. Oh, that's it. But he has I thought he was more prolific than hundreds that. of songs. They're dev, they're they're singles, they're EPs, oh, they're okay, okay. remixes. He's only got seven actual studio albums. Okay. And then and then he does a weekly radio show called State of Trance, which I, I looked into. And this show is actually really cool. So he does this thing called uh, State of Trance, and it started in 2001. Um, it's a cool thing that he does, even though it is 100% trance. I don't know how the fuck he's been doing it this, the, this long. That's a long but time. He's, he's almost at 1,000 episodes, Tyler. 1,000 episodes. We're catching up. Holy shit. But it's, it's, it's every week. I think it's on Thursdays. And he's got like 40-plus million listeners. The fuck? <laughs> I have no does idea. He, does he just play music, or does he talk about like he does how to produce it, or there what? Are, there is a five-point presentation that he gives every single episode that I looked up, and there's five different things that he does every episode. And that's one is tune of the week, which he personally cho- chooses like some song that he just he likes and wants people to hear. That's a tune of the week. Then he has a future favorite. And that's just voted on by listeners online. They all vote for something that they want him to play on the radio or on his show. And then there's a, something called Service for Dreamers. And that's a song that Armin selects from past years 
And he kind of goes into like the history of it and why that song is a classic or why people think that song is a classic. Then he hmm. does something called Trending Track, which was the most discussed song from the previous show. So somebody, somebody else on the show brings up a song, they talk about it a long time, then he'll replay it again the next time and then go deeper into that one. And then pr- Progressive Pick. <laughs> and that's just like a new music drop, I think. Like some new song that came out either that week or that day that he wants people to hear. It's cool that, that it's not just him playing just random trans songs. Like he's actually having people get involved with it. And so I could see why that's it's stuck around for 19 years. It's, just, it's unbelievable but. to me that people still like and enjoy this music, even though it all fucking sounds the same. And I don't yeah, give a fuck. I, Fight me. I don't understand. Do you? I've but been I, there. You know, I don't care. I heard it live. And all I did was stand there. What, what was better, this Armin Van Buren show or when we went to the Corn Dubstep show? Oh, the corn dubstep show for sure. Yeah, hell yeah. I did have a lot of fun here, though. It was it was kind of cool too because uh, the other people we were with were kind of. I I think they were there to troll for like for chicks instead of actually going to to see the, or hear the music and go to the show. So it was pretty much just like Sloan and me fighting our way to through the crowd every time we wanted to get a beer. You know, fucking eleven dollar <laughs> beers, of course. For yeah, tall cans. So what we did was we kept finding like big guys with like little girlfriends and then we just follow them, like follow them through the crowd and they, they push all everybody through. It's so like, Oh fuck it. Dude. Cool. <laughs> like two times. That's we a found, good idea. We found like huge, like stocky fucking just really wide guys that just had no, no problem pushing through people. And we just followed them. Got right to the front and saw Armin. And he just like, he, he's just, He's like a dork, dude. He's a, he's a guy that you would see at like Denny's and you would have fucking no idea that this dude even knows how to even work like a like a keyboard or anything. <laughs> he just has such like a plain old people personality and face and just something about him is just so boring. But I love it. I love everything <laughs> about Armin except for his music. That's so weird. <laughs> so fucking weird. It's like the complete opposite of how you felt about like misfits and stuff. Like you hated their image, but you love their music so yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. I like his image just because he, he dresses in clothes that even you, you, like you can tell he's kind of uncomfortable in his own clothes because the whole time he's like pulling his shirt down because it was like riding up on him when he was kind of jumping up and throwing his arms up, you know? So he kept like yeah. pulling his shirt down on the sides and he kind of like kept adjusting his pants and like. Because he wore kind of like TPKs, tight pants, kid style pants. So he kept like adjusting the pockets so that they were like slick down the middle. Like you could tell he was not 100% comfortable with like his body, his skin, his image. And that's, I, I liked it. That's humble. That's yeah. not like a straight up rock star mentality type of thing from somebody who's this big. And then he gets paid a million dollars for the show. Like he's so fucking big, but he doesn't really like act like it. He's really nice. I mean, the four sentences he said. <laughs> The music never stopped either. It just never fucking stopped. Like he oh he would just talk over the music? Like the music would kind of just go into like a... And then be like, oh, hello, Phoenix! <laughs> yeah, he'd have a couple singers. I don't know who they were. But some of his songs have singing on it. Like this one coming up has, has singing in it. So he would have some random person come out and sing. And they would do that okay. singing, you know, that we always make fun of, like the fray, where they put their one hand over the ear <laughs> and the other hand kind of like goes out in front of them. <laughs> it's just like they're, they're telling somebody to stop <laughs> and they kind of wave it up and down. That's what they did. That's good. Uh, I will oh, never, oh. ever forget when Rudy did and that at shit. the very end, the very last song. Uh. <laughs> oh man, the very last song. So we were like super close, right? Maybe like four deep. 
and and so we're like right there in front of Arvin. So the very last song he plays, he said it's my last song. And so I'm there. Everyone else is, is having a great time. And I'm there just fucking middle fingers up as high as I can. <laughs> right in front of him. Dude, Sloan looks at me like he's just absolutely horrified. And then <laughs> and then I guess, yeah, I guess some girl behind me was trying to put my hands down. Like she grabbed my hand, arms and kept putting them down. And he's like, no, don't do that. No, no. And I just fucking straight up. Straight up. <laughs> tradition, baby. It's tradition. Keep some humble, uh, you know? Keep some humble. Man. I love that Sloan reacted that way too. Oh, at, that's at great. First, at first, Sloan was horrified, absolutely just horrified <laughs> at what I was doing, and then he, and then he realized that I was having a good time, and then realized that it was just a joke, and he calmed down a little bit. Ah, oh, that is fantastic. the The song that Jeff brought to the table is called "Blah Blah Blah" from from Armin Van Buren. So here's a here's a little bit of that. Sloan's gonna be dancing in the background right now too. So. Blah blah blah. From Armin Van Buren. So I also looked up that song specifically, and he had a couple writers with him on that song. And that blah 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 part is the son or the daughter, the child of one of those writers. Wait, what? That that blah 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 part. That that uh-huh. that voice. That vocals. That vox. Vox. Yes. That is the child from one of the the co-writers from this song. Oh, okay. I Not see, Armin's child, but a different writer. So is this child. a is this a remix of the song? No, this is this is his song. I mean, it sounds like every other song, but <laughs> this is his. I do like this song. Though. I enjoy this song, and this is on, I think, two of my playlists. So I. There's like there's like two songs by Armin that I recognize and I liked, but this is this is one of them. This is from like his almost his newest album. Is this his newest album? Is his newest album? Yes, yeah, from his newest album. 
<laughs> could not get a straight answer. I, I don't know what the fuck balance means. Yeah, OK's newest album. Yeah. So check it out, boys. If you if you want to just, you know, go to go see a trance show, go see Armin. It's pretty fun. I had a good time. I think he might be the the most interesting of the trans artists. Trance artists, not trans. Trance. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What's going on with me? I don't know. <sighs> that Marty McFly beer you're drinking. What was it called? The cat's pajamas? What are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? A strawberry? Sparkle muffin. Oh, sparkle muffin. Yeah. Sparkle muffin. Great beer. Fantastic beer. Ah <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Let's um let, let let's move on a little bit. We got we got a little bit more to go. Uh so my pick, it is related I decided to go with something related to uh our album of the week because we're doing the Mars Volta and the Bedlam and Goliath. So I went with probably this is actually one of my favorite songs of all time from any artist. Uh this is from Omar Rodriguez Lopez and John Frusciante. They've done two albums together and this song was on one of those albums and it's just like just two acoustic guitars and some like some other like synths and everything like that. And uh and this song is it's instrumentals, no vocals on this record and I think it's uh, an amazing amazing song. Um I don't know how you feel about it, but How do you th- how do you think I I felt about this song? I think because it's acoustic mostly, I think you liked it. Of course. It was great. It was fantastic. <laughs> Did you happen to listen to the entire album or no? There's only like three or four songs, right? No, there's like nine songs. I oh, think maybe, probably not. Then I listen yeah, to like it's two not or three on, it's not on songs. Spotify. Yeah, there, there's there two of the songs are on Spotify. Uh, it's zero and then the song zero equals two. Um, but there, there's a full, there's a full album. It's like 28 minutes. And I think it's like eight or nine songs. How old is this song? But, when, when did this song come out? So the song was originally recorded back in 2003. And then it was released originally like as like a seven inch and digitally for in two thousand five, and then it was released on an album in two thousand ten. So, just as like a side note, I don't know if you want to bleep this out, but is this like your reference of zero equals two? Yeah. Oh, okay. This is how I, I mean. This is my because if anybody knows me personally, this is my username for everything. Is zero? Well, you equals shouldn't. Two. Why you shouldn't be saying that? And someone can try to hack you. Who would try to? I mean, I'm not giving out my know. password. I don't know. I'm just giving Tyler. out my username. Like it's my Instagram handle. It's my Twitter handle. It's the the name I use for like all of my social media. I don't care. Okay. No car. No car. But you know, it it's based off of this song, or it's from this song. Look at that, dude. Look yeah. at that. Yeah, and yeah. this song came off of. Well, I mean, technically, if you want to say it came off a of full album, it was off of uh, Omar's 20th solo album. Like I said, it came out oh uh, April 30th, 2010. Uh, and yeah, it was, I, I, the, the song is so good. So I'm just going to play a little bit of it because it's a beautiful song.
That's zero, zero equals two from Omar Rodriguez Lopez and John Frusciante. Great song, right, Jeff? Yeah, that was a really good song. It was very, I'm just going to kind of let it play in the background. Just, it just wasn't like show off It just took its time. And, and you could just kind of hear the imperfections, grooved. too. Yeah. That's what I like. Oh, it's so good. Such a great, great song. And the entire album is much, is a lot like this, too. Like, it's a lot of acoustic guitars uh, with some, like, you know, s- tiny bits of electric guitar in there and some noises and synths and stuff. But it's everything's, like, really subtle and laid back and groove-based. I like it a lot. Solid. Yeah, no drums, no percussion. It's just all this stuff. So I highly recommend the album. It, it's a self-titled album. So Omar Rodriguez Lopez and John Frusciante. It's on YouTube. It's on Bandcamp. Um, but not on Spotify. It might be on Apple Music, but I'm not sure. But yeah, go check it out. It's freaking great. So that's my pick because it's one of the greatest songs ever written. But uh, let's get into... Um, it really is. It's probably... It, it might be top... It's top... Within my top five favorite of songs of all time. Greatest songs of all time? Yeah, this is top five greatest are you songs saying of this, all time. Are you saying this is one of the top five greatest songs of all time or just one of your top five favorite songs of well, all time? Well, it's it's within my top five favorite songs, meaning it is top five greatest songs ever written. Yes, correct. Uh, so they go hand in hand, those two. This is a those fight two that's lists. not even going to be one in the next four hours. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. But it's true. It's so true. But, but anyway. Okay, all right. Let's um let, let's get into your to your final pick. What do you what do you got, Jeff? So uh, at the at the Armin show, Sloan bought merch. Of course, God forbid you go to a show and not buy overpriced merch, but whatever's. And the guy selling the merch was wearing uh, the damned things hat. I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of weird, so I asked him like why like what's up with that hat? Is he the merch guy for that band too? And he says, Yeah, I am the merch ba- the merch guy for that band also. Wow. And so I don't know. That's if, like if it's, very different music. Yeah, that's what I said too. And he's like, "Do you like his music?" I was like, "No, not really. I just want to check it out." And he's like, oh, "Okay, cool." He's like, "This is the best way I can go see shows for free is being the merch guy." So okay, so I don't know if it was something put on by, I don't, I fucking have like a coalition of of Phoenix venues or something. It must be, or maybe because there's yeah, no it has way. To be it. There's no connection for the damn things and Armin Van Buren. Not at all. I was gonna say maybe like the same manager or something, but. Even that doesn't doesn't really make sense. It must have to do something with the venue. He must it, he must work for the venue. That's probably what it is. But the damn things played at, at an outdoor concert. Actually, it could technically still have been put on by the Van Buren. They played an outdoor concert at like the block type of venue outside Dave and Buster's. Mm-hmm. Shortly after they kind of formed, like late or like like last year, or in two thousand twenty. Yeah, like way early last year. But, uh, but anyway, so yeah, I was talking to him for a while and I was pretty, I was already pretty toasty at this time. And so he, I don't know how it got brought up, but he talked about how we, I should check out his friend's band Incendiary. I've I heard of him, this band before. Cause I told him like type of music I like. He's like, oh yeah, you should check out my friend's band Incendiary. They're really cool. And so I checked them out and they're really cool. I liked them. They're cool. Yeah. They're, they're rad. I never heard their music. I've only heard the name, but yeah, no, this stuff was, was really cool and yeah, I mean, obviously the music is very different from, you know, Armin Van Buren, and even what I played for my pick, it's very, very different. It's more hardcore punk. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the song is called uh, what is it? Front toward enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Here it is by Incendiary. Get that 
good old hardcore punk. Always good stuff. Some of their other stuff too, kind of like dances in the, in like almost like the rap, metal rage thing too. Yeah, it, it kind of reminded me that, or, or reminded me of that, or uh, Turnstile. Yeah, a little bit too. It never it was solid. I mean, I listen to a lot of their music. It never really picks up like Turnstile does, mm-hmm. but it, it. I mean, Incendiary keeps the heaviness almost always. But it was good, man. There's another song too, like Zeitgeist. It was called. I really liked it a lot. Okay, they were they were a solid band. I was I was I was surprised. I was happy. It was good to find a uh, a band that I liked at an unlikely place, right? Yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. Yeah, um, whatever. All right. So Alrighty. That's it for our songs of the week. Uh, let's move on to um, some new music and other happenings in the music world. But first, we have our new album releases that we thought were kind of significant maybe, but um, one of them was Green Day. That it, they put out their new record this week called Father of All, and um, 26 minutes, and uh, I don't like it, man. I, just, I don't like it. I don't think it's good. You don't really like it. Be, you don't like it because it's it's kind of like indie rock. No, it's and like, you don't it, like indie rock. No, I like this some indie rock, like, man. Bro, this sounds like they took so much inspiration from like the Hives, like early Black Keys, even like the White yeah. Stripes. They no, took they very did. much so from those bands, and that's why I don't like it. Yeah, and it sounds Get like the they're out. all the music should be in like a like a car commercial or something. That's what it sounds like. It just sounds like generic stock rock music. Like I, I think like no you you what, always you always say Green that Foo hole, Fighters they can never they can never dig out of with you. What? I feel like Green Day's in a hole they can never dig out of with but you. But they can because like I like you watch them play older songs and they still kill it and yeah because you, know, you like those older songs. But, they but try then, to write songs. But then like even that like again, you're gonna make fun of them for being old guys trying to recapture their youth they're in a hole they can never dig out of. no but even like on on their last album revolution radio that album wasn't complete shit there were some good songs on it no that album was like one of the worst they've ever done no oh my yes God. it was this album is not Dumb. bad at all and it's especially considering that like it or hate it i mean uh american idiot like completely changed like their image and almost like kind of like the punk rock pop punk music scene in general yeah and i felt like for the worst mm, debatable but at a time now where it would be so fucking easy to release an album similar to that and try and recapture that fame, they did like the complete opposite. Like they, it's almost like they wrote an album about like the new presidential administration and then just like threw it all in the trash and wrote the exact opposite of that. These are lighthearted. These are silly. These make no fucking sense. These are fun pop punk songs and they kill it. There are good no, melodies see, in this. Everything about this album is actually really good. I, I think what they did with American Idiot, they did by accident. I, I think they were they were shocked that it blew up as big as it did. And then they continued to, to try to do that up through Revolution Radio. Like they, they tried nothing different through 21st Century Breakdown, Uno Dos Tres, or Trey, and then Revolution Radio. Like it's all the same shit. Well, 21st Century realized, Breakdown was like a, a sequel to American Idiot. So yeah, that, like an even worse version of it. And then Uno Dos Tre was was them thinking that they can go back to like what they sounded like in like Nimrod or Insomniac, but it, it just it was not. It was so phoned in, 
and it just wasn't great. And then Revolution Radio was them trying to be like American Idiot again, thinking that they could strike gold again. But this is just like true desperation for a band that's not as relevant as they used to be. This is this is pure desperation, this album is. By trying to one, by trying to appeal to the indie rock radio that's playing that's on current mainstream radio, and also to be able to sell their songs to commercials because these songs are straight commercial songs. Like that's what they, that's all they are. Like they're stock pop, pop rock songs. That's all they are. See, I agree with and you I, I, on I, every point that you just said, except for the fact that it's desperate. I, I don't, I think it, and not, not only, I don't feel it they, at all. Not only did they, they do it with the music itself, but look at their image and, and Billy Joe, he's the, the way he sings on this record is like so, almost out of his range, but somehow he pulls it off. And just the way that they their their whole image now is just like it's so it's so kind of gross. It's like, just because so they're old guys. It's just because it's they're old guys. There's, there's nothing you can really do with an old guy rock star image that's not going to look. You're just not going to look cool. You're always going to look like an idiot in some capacity. Well, yeah, of course. But to do it to this extent, especially when they've had two like wildly popular eras. And this comes off as them just trying, trying to do it again, and just I don't think doing it well. I see. I, I think it I, comes off really cheesy. I, I think you're, I think you're reaching for things that possibly aren't there for no. for several reasons. No way. One is the name of the album is Father of All Motherfuckers, and so that's something that whatever label they're on is going to hate. But even the label that they're on, they're on the reprise or reprise reprise label. So I mean, that's you know, that's they're not. I think they've been on reprise since Nimrod or. Or Insomniac or something. Yeah, so they're not. I mean, I think it's owned by a bigger group. Yeah, but, bigger entity, probably UMG or something. But that, but that record label is the one that we had talked about, you know, a month ago, whatever. That was started by Frank Sinatra in like the '60s. Yeah, remember? And it was yeah, started, whatever it is. But yeah, so th- that's one thing. Also, the fact that it's only twenty, like twenty-five minutes long, that's solid. That just shows that they had a bunch of songs they liked, a bunch of melodies that they liked. They didn't try to stretch it out into a three and a half, four-minute song. Most of the songs on here are super fucking short. There's plenty of songs on here that are under two minutes long. I think there's only one that's barely over three minutes. So they have strong melodies that they're not trying to stretch it out to be something that it shouldn't be. And the third thing is, is dude, they've already done all of that like bullshit adhering to what they were trying to recapture yeah. with American Idiot. Like American Idiot came out. I don't know if that was an accident or not. I mean, it was... Like like going back and listening to it now, like musically, I think it's a pretty strong album. There's a couple songs on there that I think are complete fucking jokes, and no one should ever release that kind of bullshit. Twenty first <laughs> like Century Boulevard Breakdown was clearly, you know, a, a, a sequel to American Idiot at that, even though it was five years later. Uno Dos Trey was obviously like a like a trying to recapture their glory days. And, and go back to what the fans wanted to hear. But Revolution Radio, man, that's the one that gets me. That album was so fucking terrible. That was so <laughs> stupid. That album was such a joke. That was that was like clearly them trying to recapture their early Green was, Day days from yeah, like Dookie. No. It was no, no, embarrassing. No, no, no. It was No, awful. Revolution Radio they tried was, to, was they tried straight to implement American like idiot. politics and stuff into it as well in some spots. That's sparks. American and Idiot. It was so dumb. But American Idiot was like musically good. It was almost like a rock not opera. Barely. It was well thought out. Yeah, but then, uh, no, it was it cohesive. Was what do you 
you talking no, about? No, it wasn't. You just hated Jesus. Jesus, so Jesus of Suburbia is a mess of a song. People say, "Oh my God, this song is revolutionary and great," but it's kind of a mess. It's not that great. There's nothing going on in the song for it to be a mess. It's just a straightforward, boring song that's bro- kind of broken up a little bit. It's, you know, yes, whatever. it's not good. It's not a good fucking song, dude. Regardless, Revolution Radio is by far probably their worst album. And Father of All Motherfuckers, dude, it's twenty. It's the shortest record they've ever done. Who cares? What do you mean? Who I don't cares? Care how fucking you're, short. You're it is. bringing it make up it stupid good, shit. Why can't I bring up stupid shit? You're bringing up dumbass. Oh, fucking Jesus, suburbia was stupid. So the album stupid. Get out of here. Father of All Motherfuckers is a solid Green Day album, but you're stuck in this rut where no matter what Green Day does ever, you're going to hate it. You're going to find something nitpick about it and shit all over, no Not matter what all. they do. Like, Even what, if what they, they came out with something that sounded like Dookie or Insomniac, you would just say, oh, I've heard this before. This is Dookie or Insomniac. Why can't they do something new? No, I, I, you know, I, I really like what they did with, um, uh, with, what they did with Foxborough Hot Tubs. That that was really cool. That, that was, was like a precursor to this sound. Foxborough Hot Tubs. A lot of their music sounded like this. No, it did not. Yes, dude. it did. Go back. The and first <laughs> fucking song they ever released. People had no idea that it was Green Day because it was too indie rock. It was too garage rock. No way this could be Green. Yeah, Day. but the Even songs were like were, Billy Joe. I feel. What are but you I feel like the songs were better high? written and everything. Are you on ecstasy? The first song Foxborough Hot Tubs ever released. The fucking thirty-five years ago, whatever the hell that shit was. <laughs> Every, nobody, people like kind of like thought, 15 years people ago, suspected dude. it was Billy Joe singing, but it did not sound anything like Green Day. It was too indie rock. It was too garage rock. It was too, it was totally different from the Green Day sound. Yeah, it was good. Crazy. It was great. Crazy. Like Fox, the fact that you even brought up Foxborough Hot Tubs like the early days and then doesn't like Father of All Motherfuckers just shows, Tyler, you're showing your age. You're showing your age. I don't care. Hide it. I don't care. You're trying. You're trying too hard to just hate things because no, they're I'm not. different and new. I love a you're lot showing, of new music. You're showing your age, Tyler. I love a lot of new music, man. Tell him, Sloan. Tell him he's showing his age. See, Sloan knows it because he's showing his age all the time too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's over here falling asleep at nine o'clock. All right, let, let's move on. Um, Haley Williams put out a, an EP called "Pedals for Armor One." Uh, I haven't listened to the whole EP, but if it's uh, anything like her, uh, the single from it called Cinnamon, I don't know. It might be pretty good. Right? Right, Jeff? No? No, that song was terrible. Ah, oh, you're so dumb. I'm going to play a little bit of it because I think this Haley Williams song is actually really good. So here we go. Signs 
Cinnamon by Haley Williams Cinnamon. from Paramore. Cinnamon. Cinnamon. That's a that's a sick song. That, I think it's fucking great. It, I already threw it on my playlist and ready to go. I think it's it's really good. It it's like this cool hybrid to me. It's like this cool hybrid of almost like I know you're gonna yell at me on this, but a little like kind of in the vein of Regina Spector. Stop. Just stop. And Britney Spears. Please stop. A little bit. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. It I'm has that kind words. of quirky. Please, it almost has like don't. that quirkiness no of Regina. At all. And then just that that what weird, part, weird what part drum beat. Fucking quirky. I just the way the way she's singing and and the weird kind of like almost offbeat drums. Is is it reminds me? I'm not saying it's like Regina Spector. It reminds me of Regina Spector. And then you and then throw in some like pop element, like weird pop elements from like Britney Spears. Just stop saying Regina Spector and fucking this song in the same sentence, please. Well, Regina Spector is she actually ripped off a lot of Haley Williams shit. <laughs> oh my god, Tyler <laughs> Anstead, Tyler Rebecca Anstead. Ah, uh, I, I think it's great. This and was just it, it wasn't it wasn't like complete garbage. So I, I mean, I it's not awful, so awful, why are you terrible. So much? But it's not good. Like just knowing what Haley Williams can do. And being the genre fluid or the non-genre specific band Paramore was, dude, Paramore was not re- good. Paramore's released a lot of good stuff, like a lot of solid stuff. They have one good song. What? What? What song? Brick by Boring Brick. Which one's that one? Is that from their self-titled I think it's album? Like their second or third album. That's like the only good song. Oh, you're fucking Boring Brick. But Honestly, yeah. I I think this might be my favorite song from her solo stuff or her or Paramore. Oh, this so is, stupid. I think, is a great song. Now you're great. just being silly. I'm being sensitive. This, song, really. this song was okay. Like if if there was an, an a a rest of the album backed that was really good, I would listen to the song again. I wouldn't turn it off. But as its own, as a single, what gets me is the ah parts. That's uh, <laughs> too like weird yeah yeah yeahs or like Zoe Dacian bullshit. Oh, for me so now you don't, don't like, like indie it. rock stuff. Now you don't like indie rock. Hey stuff. man, but I when Green Day does it, oh my god! When, when when Green Day does it, it's like the best thing in the fucking world. But God forbid Haley Williams does I didn't say anything it was like the that. Best thing in the fucking oh, world. Oh bullshit! You were you were defending attempt. that shit good. like crazy. No bullshit. I would rate that album just by hearing it that one time. I listened to it. I would give it two point two five. Did you? <laughs> did you not hear how you jumped down my throat? Because you claimed I don't like indie rock, but I like this Haley Williams. But man, man, you just you cannot get into it. I think you uh, only like this Haley Williams because you knew I'd be mad at you about the Green Day thing, so you picked this Haley Williams song specifically to try that, and give yourself like clout, to try and give yourself hand. That is a really bad theory. Hey, you never it's know. Like you never know. Because it's like 100% untrue. You never know. Well, I mean, that's true. You never know, but because you never know about Thank anything. You. That means but it's true. It's not. But anyway, let, let's move on. Um, this next song is really bad. Uh, it's from Bill Ward. If you don't know who he is, he is the original drummer for Black Sabbath. And he put out, apparently he put out a solo record back in the early 2000s where he sang, played drums, and I don't know what else he did on it. And he's kind of getting back into that. And this song that he put out this week is called Powder on the Moon. I think it's a cool title, but the song is really bad. And like, I'm all for bad singers, but this is just like really bad. I don't just think not it's like good. bad. I just, I, I, I mean, maybe I don't, good, I just don't for get sure. it, but <laughs> yeah, I really don't like it. Really don't like it. But I just wanted to throw that out there because there might be some Bill Ward fans out there. Who knows? Or bad music fans. Or bad music fans. Uh, the Used. 
they're still in the studio with John Feldman, but they decided to put out a new song Feldy. called called what? Called Feldy. Oh, Feldy. Yeah. Uh, they put out a new song called Paradise Lost, a poem by John Milton. Uh, it's a little bit poppier than their last song that they put out. I think it was called Bloomy, but um, I still think it was it was a decent song. It wasn't great. It was decent. It's what I expected from them when work when they work with John Feldman. They, like I've said a million times, they for some reason sound good to great when they work with Feldman. The Damn only it. band that sounds good with Feldman. It's weird. It reminded me of a song I had it up until like right now that they played or they play. I think it's from the album that we did. The what do we do? Lies for Liars album, or did we do something? No, else? we did. Um, we did. Uh, no, what was the second album? Oh, and yeah, it was Lies for. Do we do Lies, Lies for the Liars, Liars? or no, Love and Death? And Love and Death, that's what we did. Lies for the Liars is their third album, I think. So we there's a song that they sing on Lies for, fuck on in Love and Death. Love and Death, yeah. but they also do like acoustic all the time. It's a it's an acoustic song that they do or the all that I got song. I, oh, fuck, dude, if you played it for me, but this song sounded a lot like that song. It reminded me a lot of it, so I kind of liked the song. I thought it was good. It, it, it just it's good, okay to good. I um I played this song for Tammy, just kind of just played it, and didn't tell her who it was. And after like 30, 40 seconds, she was like, is this new Blink? Like genuinely, she thought it was Blink. She said, it kind of sounds like Mark. Like the way the, the poppiness of the melody sounds a lot like Mark. The the music sounds a lot like Blink, like new Blink. I said, nope, but it's John Feldy or it's Feldy. <laughs> and then she immediately knew. But I thought that was interesting. Somebody who just didn't know, but put that together, it sounded like modern Blink. Kind of true. Sad. I mean, it's it all has that kind of same, that same so, like boring edge to it. Yeah, the the edge that's not really edgy. But I figured out the song that it was. I don't know, like, what song did you think that I that was talking about? All that I've got. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, was that it? Yeah, yeah that's this song rem- totally reminds me of. Yeah, I'd have to go back and listen like side by side. But yeah, I probably. really like that you song too. That's a good song. Not the best song. <laughs> I love the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Static X. Uh, they put out a new song called Hollow, Project Re- Regeneration, but I guess that's the name of the album. But, so I guess the song is just called Hollow. But if you're not familiar with Static X, their singer and main songwriter, Wayne Static, died like six years ago of, a, of an overdose. And um, so the original band members of Static X came together. And when they found out that he had a bunch of like unreleased recordings, like vocal takes and everything, and some like rough demos. So they came together and they they pretty much recorded all the stuff that was demoed and they used his existing uh vocal tracks and they put together put, they've put together an album and this is the f- I think maybe the first or second song from said album and it wasn't bad it was it was kind of cool so like right? I don't I don't know I mean I think the song was I think the song was okay it was better than I thought it was yeah. going to be Oh yeah much better than I thought too. I'm not I don't, I don't follow Static X like ever but but like, were they <laughs> were they a close band upon his death? No, not at all. So like that, that's them a, them doing this is kind of like a shitty thing. Then I I think so because when because they they've been what they've been doing is they've been touring as Static X and they have a new singer but they've been wearing like a death mask like the singer has been wearing a death mask of Wayne Static and then like playing the same guitar as him and everything and come to find out it's the singer from Dope. And he actually sounds a lot like Wayne Static, which is kind of cool. But so they've been touring the world as that, and then, um, 
but the, but the remaining band members, the guitarist, bassist, and drummer, they were only together for the first record for Wisconsin Death Trip, and then Wayne Static ended up firing the guitar player. And then the drummer and bass player stayed on for a couple albums, but then they had a huge falling out. So by the time Wayne had died, he he was he was never in contact with either of those three or any of those three members. Like he, it was well documented that they all hated each other. So that's kind of been like the controversy within the metal community is that they're they're just doing this strictly for the money. Yeah, and that's, that's it. That's and it's kind of fucked up. It yeah. is. I mean, we've seen bands do this before, like the the Bradley Knoll and Sublime. I mean, they did use a lot of... I mean, it was almost done, that album, but yeah, there were a lot of stuff. There was a lot of things in that album that weren't done, that were polished after he died, and then the album was released months after he died. But that's that's a different scenario because they were so close-knit. They were such good friends, Yeah. so nobody cared. But, but this is like completely the opposite of that. Yeah, and so that's, that's just like really shitty. It was to the point where Wayne Static had broken up the band because he wanted to do a solo thing because he didn't even want to want to work with the other people that were that were in his current band. So, yeah, he yeah, it, it it's all really weird and kind of fucked up, but the song itself it it's it's okay, it's good. It's whatever. But moving on, Silverstein put out a new song with a band called Intervals. It's called Bad Habits. This is right up your alley, Jeff. This is like I bet you love this song. Yeah, right? it was good. I did. I liked it a lot. It's like, it's straight like <laughs> pop punk emo at its finest. I knew you'd love this song. It's, but. it's Silverstein doing good Silverstein. I don't know what Intervals is or who Intervals is. I don't either. I don't, I don't really know what they contributed to the song either, but I don't but know. Very, very right. briefly when I saw Bad Habits, I I read it as Bad Habit. And then for some reason, I, I almost thought that it was like an offspring cover, Bad Habit from their oh Smash God. album. <laughs> of course. I've I've still been coming down from that offspring high that we were on last week. Yeah, that was a good high too. Yeah, that lasted like well into like Wednesday for me. (laughs) (laughs) You wanted to play the Silver Scene Stong? Stong. Stong. Silver Scene Stong. Silver Scene. Still Silver Scene Stong. 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 (laughs) 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 Oh, Stong's not having Uh, a good time. No, No, he's probably asleep. That's alright. Okay, let's move on. this next song I'm definitely not going to play because cease and desist. But, but it's Kesha, a good song though. tell me you don't like this song, Tyler. Tell me that it was it was actually really good. Oh, thank God! This it song was, was good. so good. It was good. It, it's Kesha and somebody named Steve James. So I don't know who the hell he is. Dude, Kesha just pumping out banger after banger after banger. What is going on? This could be her year, dude. This could be her breakout year. She's going to win all the they, Grammys, all of them, every single Grammy. Never she's know. Win them. She can win Oscars, Grammys, Tonys, whatever you got. She's going to win it. <laughs> Golden Globes, fucking Team like Nick the, Awards. The verses sound like typical Kesha, but then she starts like singing really well, almost. And it was, it was good. It was surprising. It was, it's a good song though. It oh, brings a tear to my eye. Yeah, it was good. I will admit it. But the song is called "Raising Hell." I forgot to say that. But yeah, y'all should listen a, to it. But we're gonna yeah, get, it's good. We get the band hammer if we play it. Yeah. So the next, this next song really surprised me, and I, I, I kind of liked it. And uh, it comes from Pearl Jam. I'm not I'm not a jam man at all, um, but the song is called Dance of the Clairvoyance, and it has this, like, electronic electro beat, I guess electro beat, and Eddie Vedder's vocals aren't really annoying. They're actually, That's, they sound really nice. That was, like, the biggest takeaway for me was the vocals 
that they just sounded yeah. so different than what I remember Pearl Jam sounding like. It's just not, he's not annoying. It's great. And I'm going to play a little bit of it, and then I guess we could talk about it a bit more. So here's a Dance of the Clairvoyance by Pearl Jam. a bit of the Pearl Jam uh, song Dance of the Clairvoyance. I think it's I think it's pretty cool, man. And like we like we said before, it's not he's not super annoying with his vocals, but that was good. Solid song. I mean, I solid, would, solid I would, song. I would never listen to it again, <laughs> but I wouldn't be opposed to listening to a full-length Pearl Jam album. If it sounded more like this, right? Like that 80s electro pop. Right. It's weird. I don't I don't know if they've ever done anything like this before. But I, I kind of like it. It's it's kind of cool, man. Kind of cool. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Um, this next song, we we have quite a bit of songs, but there's two left. Um, this next song. <laughs> this next song is for all the ladies in the house. <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> this comes from a band called uh, Corpiclani and another band, I guess, called Zetro. And the song is called Beer Kill Kill. Uh, I only know about this Corpiclani band because uh, my friend who I used to work with, he used to like be into like this like kind of shanty sounding pirate music, like genuinely into it. He really liked it. And it's kind of what this is. It's kind of, it's almost like a dropkick Murphy's vibe, but a little bit more pirate, pirate shanty. And, uh, it's a fun song. This is pirate metal. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like this band, we also, that band we talked about when we did our our warp tour phase, Ailstorm. Remember Ailstorm? Yeah. He was the one who got me, or did you get into that? Or did he, well, we talked about Ailstorm when we were doing our our Warp Tour thing, where we kept finding a band that we never heard of on Warp yeah. Tour. And Ailstorm was one of the bands that we found. But yeah, I mean, this is like pirate metal. But Corporate Kalani is solid. And I think you brought Vodka, the song Vodka, to the table. I think they did long time ago. Yeah, badass song, good song. But this one was okay. It was it good. Was I okay, mean, it was fun. It's all right. It's what you'd expect from from this band. Nothing more, nothing less. It's right there. But uh, this last song I wanted to bring up so we could move on and finish this up. It's from Joe Satriani. Um, the song is called 1980. He's putting out his like 18th solo record in uh, in April. So, uh, so get into that. I know Jeff wanted me to play it too because it's a pretty rad song. It's instrumental, but here's 1980. You don't have by, to play it, but... You know, I want to play it. It's cool. It's cool. 
Right, ladies i think you kind of get the gist of it there straight up satriani what do you expect from the guy great was, great guitar player so like there was a there was a, a a decent period of time where you and i were both like really into satriani and i think it was yeah. because we saw him at that little that concert and we got the concert. straps yeah. yeah but damn dude i haven't been into satriani in a long time but that song was fucking good yeah it was like, great real good straight out of the 80s too like he hasn't changed his style at all it's great. I like it. It's one of those those few bands that I just I absolutely respect for sounding exactly like how they sounded 40 years ago, 30 years ago. It's great. Good stuff. Okay, let's let's get into some uh, other happenings in the music world. Um Incubus, they uh they put out a I just want to bring this up because it relates to new music first, but uh yeah, Incubus they're putting out their EP Trustfall Side B out in April. They put out the first first part of the cp like four or five years ago or something like that finally doing the follow-up so yeah get into that we talked about the song our love last week um i also wanted to bring this up real quick because it kind of it does actually directly relate to our album of the week with the mars volta but one i think i'm gonna mispronounce (laughs) this because i'm not good at this but alderete is that i'd say that's right one alderete uh, he he was the bass player for the Mars Volta. For he played on all but one of their records. Um, great, great fucking bass player. But he uh, he the got one into that we're doing? A, what? The one that we're doing. Yeah, he was on that record. Um, but he um, he got in a bicycle accident. He was wearing all the proper gear, helmet, everything, and uh, he has traumatic ba- brain injury. A traumatic brain injury. Fuck, man, I cannot even. Pain. <laughs> What's going on, dude? Ooh, man. But uh, he he's been in a coma for, or he was in a coma for quite a while, uh, for at least like almost two weeks, and uh, and then his wife went got onto all of his social media and you know explained what happened, you know, all that stuff, and she set up a GoFundMe uh, to help with the expenses. Uh, it's the goal is two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars because his what he the brain injury for him was so severe that it's gonna t- more than likely if he if he ever fully recovers, which some say he might not, but if he does, it would take years before he can ever even probably be able to walk. Um, but his GoFundMe has already raised one hundred forty thousand dollars within like maybe a week. So 
I mean, that's solid. And um, great, great bass player. I met him a couple times. Very, very nice to me. Um, but and and just just a phenomenal musician in general. And we'll talk about him a lot, I'm sure, uh, when we talk about the Mars Volta record. But yeah, go go to GoFundMe. Um, Juan Alderete. He uh, yeah, he's in the hospital. He's doing a little bit better, I guess. He's like he's kind of awake and moving parts of his Dude. body, but. God bless the country where your medical bills are paid by the public and not the insurance that you already pay for. <laughs> I know, right? Mm. Love it. God bless us. <sighs> I know, I know. Also, if you don't know, I mean, like we said, he plays. For, he used to play for the Mars Volta, but he's also the current bass player for Marilyn Manson. He also was famously with Racer X with Paul Gilbert uh, back in the 80s, amongst a bunch of other bands through all genres of music. He's very, very talented. So go throw a couple bucks at him and... Um, Hope he gets well because yeah, that shit sucks. Really, really sucks. But uh let's move on to something I guess a little more lighthearted, but also annoying. Uh John Varvados, is that how you pronounce it? I guess, yeah. John Varvados. Anyway, I guess he's some stupid fucking fashion designer. But he somehow I don't know if he got the rights or if he's just ripping misfits off the band, but he's selling shirt or the 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 company is selling shirts with the Crimson Ghost logo for $118 a shirt, and they're selling a, a jacket for $1,000 with the Crimson Ghost on the back. So I'm sure there's some idiots, there are idiots out there who will pay for this, and it's just just like, why does this happen? Why do people think, I mean, why would people buy this? I just don't get it. Because right? people people have money, and again, as we talked about with the Misfits and as I have come to realize up until recently that the Misfits brand is bigger than their music. And that's why people are going to pay big money for this. I because understand. Because the Misfits but... are branded as a punk icon. And again, dude, I've, like, I, prior to the album that we did, I don't think I could ever name you like one Misfit song. And that's why people mm-hmm. are going to do it. It's Posers. Crazy, is that what we call them? Posers? Yeah, absolutely. Fucking posers. Anybody wearing these shirts are posers. It's fucking stupid, but yeah, just just be on the lookout for that. Just don't buy it. Even if you have the money, don't buy it. Buy a $20 Misfits shirt, not a $400 Misfits shirt. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> okay, um, the format. They have returned from the land of the dead. They've returned to the land of the living. And, um, Dude, I know. What happened? Where was I? Did you know about this? I didn't know about this. You I knew about I this. Like, going on. I think I knew about this right after it happened, like you did. But uh, yeah, they they played. Um, they've returned and they played what a show in Phoenix, and I think a yeah, show fucking like right where we're at. Yeah, I think only like in Phoenix, the same right? Night or like the the next night with the fucking Armin Van Buren show. Oh, was it the the same venue? No, it wasn't the same venue. It was oh. like a like a smaller, but the, but they they played under the the moniker I think Live at the Mayan, which was another live show that they did, and they finally released it on the streamings. Like the couple of days after whatever it was, okay. But damn, it was just Nate the singer and then the guitarist. I forgot his fucking name, but it was just them two, like acoustic set, all bangers. Somebody posted on on YouTube it was like forty five minutes, all bangers, amazing <laughs> set. Like, holy shit! Aren't they, they playing more shows in a though? Decade, yeah, yeah they're all sold out. Yeah, that's crazy. They sold out so fast that they added more multiple dates to those other like shows, and then those sold out. It's it's remarkable how big this band has become since they broke up. I mean, it's fucking nuts. It's it's one of those things where luckily 
he went on to do a more famous band, Fun. That way mm-hmm. people can see like, oh, this guy's a really good singer. I like him. What else has he done? Oh, he did the format. And the, the format's format music. Dude, the format's music is solid. It is good, good music. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, just like good, hearty, indie folk music. Solid stuff. Solid melodies. Great guitar work. Everything about the format is fantastic. But they never would have got that recognition had the dude never done like fun and blew up yeah. as the, you know, the I, the best new artist. Ten fun years wasn't after even they good. formed. Fuck man, they weren't even good. They had a couple really banger of songs. You know? Nah, they didn't. You know, Tammy get, get, actually. Get what? Get out of your fucking stupid. <laughs> they had a couple bangers. No, they didn't. But uh, but Tammy actually saw the format at Chain Reaction way back in the day, back in like 2005 or 2006, like right before seen, they broke up. I've seen the format twice, once at Chain and once at the Glass House. Actually, it was during one of the format shows was the first and only time I've ever crowd surfed and then stage dived. Stage Man. dove? Yeah, stage stage dived, I think, might be the I, proper term. I think stage dived works because it's like the, the act of doing it is a stage dive. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, people, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, I've seen the format twice at Chain. Maybe we're at the same show. I don't know. And then it's I possible. saw him again at the Glass House, and that was, again, the first time and last time I've ever stage dived. Great band. Go, go check them out if you don't never heard of them, because they're better than fun. Fun. Um, yes, they are. Let's get into uh, to the to this last bit. We're going to get through this pretty quick, I'm sure. Uh, in the studio, we just found out recently, Smashing Pumpkins. I'm a big Pumpkinsman. Uh they're in the studio still, and they but they did announce that they're going to be re- releasing a double album later this year. They have 21 songs. I'm stoked for it. I thought the last Pumpkins record was great. I thought the last Billy Corgan solo record was really, really good too. So we'll talk about it more. I know we'll talk about it more because I will want to talk about it. And this is what Your we do. Your podcast. And it's my podcast. But yes. some upcoming shows and tours system of a down corn faith no more helmet and russian circles are playing a show in los angeles on may 22nd i think at the forum i'm pretty sure it's at the forum um so if you're interested in that tickets i think just went on sale so get into it i'm definitely not going to this but um because of the forum or because of probably how expensive the tickets are going to be the forum the tickets i think start at, i think at like 70 or 80 bucks and yeah, I'm not going to that. Um, but I if would love was, to see System of a Down again. And I, if it was sixty dollars, if it was sixty dollars at the pond, the Honda Center, would you see it? Yeah, I'd go. Okay. I just hate the fucking forum, man. I can't do the forum. I hate it. But if it was at Honda Center, yeah, I'd, I'd go for sixty bucks because it would be like. But in the end, it'd be like eighty-five. But then it'd be in Anaheim, so fifteen minutes from my house. So, anyway, Testament. The Black Dahlia Murder and Municipal Waste. They're going on a U.S. tour April through May. Um, should be a solid like metal show. This is a great lineup. Fantastic lineup. Would you go to this? So, yeah. So Renee loves the Black Dahlia Murder. Like loves them. Mm-hmm. And That's so they're cool too. I love, as of now, Municipal Waste. Yes. So I would be totally down to go to the show and leave before Testament came on. We actually are going to two shows this year, guaranteed. One is Bayside are playing locally over here in Phoenix. We're going to Bayside. That's just something that we always do. And then the other show we're going to is going to be the headliners asking Alexandria. Renee likes them. And then the next person is falling in reverse. 
semi-barf, right? The, the, remember that band that we talked about? Yeah, yeah, they're fucking awful. Ronnie Radke, that fucking dickhead. And the third band is Wage War. I like Wage War. Uh. And, and the fourth band is uh, Hiro the Hero. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. So That's pretty cool. There's like there's a little something for everybody, and Sloan's going with us, too. It's, it's at the Van Buren, too. Oh, my God. It'll be Sloan's oh. first actual mosh pit. I'm going to throw him in there. Dude, it's going to be a good show. It's going to be a good He's going to get hurt. He's going to get, get hurt. He probably will. He'll probably fall down, but that's all right. <laughs> That'll be fun. Oh, now now he's now he's now he's, now he's wimping out and saying he's not going to go in. <laughs> oh oh now he's he'll get close to the mosh pit though. Oof. Oof. Watch Wild out, man. Watch Wild out, boys. Sloan's getting close. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Guns and Roses. They announced an upcoming tour, and there's another huge band that's opening for them, but I cannot remember who it is and it doesn't say in this article but yeah they're doing a big stadium tour uh when is it july through august of this year so if you're interested in going i mean get into it but i noticed some people in the comments here they said that it's 250 dollars a ticket and on top of that ticket it's let me see it's like 65 dollars in fees for each ticket on top of the 250 oh my god it's so disgusting that it's like a percentage base because it costs just as much to process a two hundred fifty dollar ticket as it does a fifteen dollar ticket. Exactly, and that's so irritating. That's so, that's so gross. Yep. So yeah, it's roughly. That's why people bucks. steal music. <laughs> it's it makes no fucking sense. It's so backwards. But and it's I mean these guys are like way past their prime. Like why would you want to spend that much money to go see Guns N' Roses? Like a half-assed version of Guns N' Roses. Yeah, it's true. Makes no sense. I just I don't get it. I'm all about nostalgia too, man. I I, I get it's it. True, you live in the past every single day I, of your life. Nostalgia, nostalgia is fun, but you know, just you have to draw a line somewhere. So, um, Incubus and Three Eleven, nostalgia base, man. That's that's all we do on this pod. Um, they're going, they're, they're going on a summer tour uh, in here in the states. Um, go check it out. It's quite a quite an extensive tour. Um, should be cool too. I'm I'm not going to go to it, but. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a cool lineup, and I'm sure it'll be a ton of fun. So get into that this summer. Uh, and the last thing a lot here, of pot smoking. What? A lot of pot smoking. Yep, you know it. Um, not fest. It's back with Slipknot, a day to remember, Under Oath, and Code Orange. Now, Jeff, are you going to this? There's no Phoenix. There's no Arizona dates. Oh, the closest not? dates in like Dallas. What? So so yes and no. Yes, I want to go to this. I'm not opposed to driving out back out to like Texas. It probably won't happen because it's not close enough. Yeah. But I mean, dude, I like all of these bands. Maybe an under oath. I could care. They'll probably that. announce more dates because there aren't even California dates on here. But they're doing like their, that, that boat tour too, right? Aren't they doing like a ship? like a Yeah, but that's only for like a week. Oh. That, yeah, like, that's not like a Like a one-time thing? thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then then yeah, hopefully they'll do. It's, it's just weird there wasn't any like Arizona dates. I don't know if there was California dates. Either. No, there's no. I'm looking at it right now. It, it's only East Coast and Texas. There's no there's there's no California, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Nevada, nothing. It's so I think they're this. playing. I think they're playing in Dallas, which I wouldn't be opposed to, because I definitely want to see a day to remember again. Because I like that band a lot. And. My new, my newfound love for Slipknot. I would enjoy them more now. Yes, and enjoy more of their music. 
And Knotfish is just Knotfish is rad, man. Last time I went to Knotfish, it was just fucking fun. Everything about it was cool. I don't know about that. Uh, dude, they had fucking like a like one of those globes where motorcycles go in there and ride around real quick and look like they're gonna kill each other. Oh yeah, that that shit is pretty cool. Dope. They had a full on like motocross show. Dope. They had a BMX <laughs> show. Dope. That's where I saw Napalm Death. Dope. It's good stuff, man. There's supposed to be a tattoo artist there, but he fucking bailed. But now I think about it too, like that line going getting a tattoo there probably have been so fucking. Yeah, it would have been insane. But I, I, you know, honestly, looking at this too, it's only through the month of June, so they have another two months of to tour. I'm sure there's going to be like shows in Europe, but I have a feeling like they're going to add some dates in late June and early July here in the states, and then they'll go to Europe and do the festival circuit. That's probably what's going to happen. There's just there's no fucking way they can play Phoenix in early August. There's no way it, it's going to be 115 unless it's indoor, degrees. Unless it's an indoor venue, that's just, I have no interest in that. Not Fitz is not not Fitz is an outdoor festival. Not Fitz is a place where I, I I need to bring my inhaler. I need to bring <laughs> enough money for water. Like I need to do like old people stuff. You know, I need to prepare myself mentally, physically for weeks at a time. I need to start going to the gym. I need to work out. <laughs> That's what Not Fitz is about, baby. Not indoor bullshit. Okay, all right. And I ain't going to a fucking festival when it's 118 <laughs> degrees at nine o'clock at night. Yeah, no, <laughs> That's shit, true. old desert I live in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's it. That's all for this uh, this episode of Asinine Radio. Stay tuned. The feisty one, wasn't it? It was. It was wild, man. It was way more you, wild you than. You told I me thought. to amp up, baby. I amped up, dude. Now we got. Now we got to do the the Mars Volta album. That'll be a good one. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> Listen to that episode. It's gonna be great. I know it's gonna be great. Uh, thank you all for listening to this episode. Uh, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on social media, Asinine Radio. And uh, you, got a, you got anything else to say? I don't. Okay. Well, that's it. That's all. And David Jaffe. Yeah.